are you through <laughs> uh, are you through real estate and world you've been doing over there on your phone hey since you've been here i got people who need my help and i'm being of service since you've been here i mean what are you supposed to do when somebody from 10 years ago reaches out and says can you help me you say right now i'm podcasting cuh uh but i wasn't podcasting it was prior to podcasting but it but it hindered your because you always have to get in a woosah mindset it did not hinder my woosah y'all this is off the elevator with jesse and joseph don't listen to joe him. Oh, oh now you're joe Corn, cornbread <laughs> now you're cornbread no yeah. do not listen to him y'all know y'all know what's up so what you been doing oh you feel like you're gonna ask me first you're real estating again <laughs> it's just I, a vibration I, of the watch i feel you're gonna have to check from now on all your electronic devices at, at the door at the front door <laughs> you you don't own me but we have a standard to uphold oh, in no, this no, no, podcast. No, 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 <laughs> I had to listen to you nonstop with Cooney and that standard on the red-blooded. Don't bring that up in here because uh, <laughs> so, this person right here has standards. Oh, okay, so you done checked yourself at the door? <laughs> <laughs> so I have been – what have I been doing? Well, my oldest son is gone to the beach with a friend what's up with that for the first time ever how you feel about that um you like oh oh no he's so big and he you know calls me every night at 10 o'clock i'm like really dude it's 10 o'clock and because it's nine o'clock there because he's in panama city but he's been PCB. right he's been fishing on a pontoon boat to the beach they went to crab island he's had crab legs they went skateboarding for seven miles i mean the kids all over the place right i'm like get it son that's right so it's been a little quiet because you know he's uh he's funny and a, a lot like me <laughs> so when when he's not there I, I got i got kenneth and mace who are very similar and uh it's a little more calm right you know i guess it's a little picture of what it might be like the older he gets the more he's going to be gone just be us and the little baby that's a possibility you know but it's been weird you know we've been working yeah. and first, first time he's been no, he's went off hunting with somebody before, right? Yeah, but this is Saturday to Saturday in another state. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now he's gone to my mama's house for two weeks, but that's your mama, right? Like, I mean, that's your mama. And then, I mean, he's, I mean, I know the family he's with, and they're wonderful, so I'm not worried about that, but. Right. It's just different, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I understand. Rite of passage, I guess, for a teenager. Right. I don't know. I never went on vacation with anybody when mm-hmm. I was coming up. I didn't either. It's okay. I mean, right? That's what Ken like said. Seventeen or something like that. Wow. I did. And then you went where, Joseph? When you were seventeen. The first vacation I went on, like by myself, was to Cancun. Wow. Mexico. At seventeen. Seventeen years old. Wow. I feel like you were wild. No, not at all. 
Okay. Here we are, host and co-host of an addiction podcast. We weren't wild at all. No, negative. <laughs> so what? <laughs> as we, as you just explained, how you went on your own to Cancun at seventeen. Yeah, that's not wild. No. Let's be clear. Would you let your young and do that? Absolutely not. Word. Abs- absolutely not. Mm-mm. So I did let him go. That's that. And I've been working. Mason's been home from school for fall break. And it's been a little crazy, you know, trying to, I don't know, make sure he doesn't watch nonstop YouTube or play nonstop Call of Duty for, you know, eight hours a day. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to not be the worst mother ever. But uh, it's been good, for sure. Awesome. So? What about you? I've been working. Been having a ball working. And? Getting ready to go deer hunting. Deer hunting. Don't mm. don't elaborate on that. No one on this podcast wants to hear that. You don't know that? Uh, kind of. And just about every time I say deer hunting, people's like, whoosh. <laughs> and they're, they're looking at me like, oh, yeah, deer hunting. You're so weird. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Mm-mm. But uh, I do not. But I did learn a little bit from listening to the Red Blooded. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you cannot harvest a deer if it's in a stream, a pond, or a lake. Yeah, believe that. In case y'all were all wondering, and then y'all, none, neither one of y'all hit on the fact that, I mean, ethically, I feel like you can't harvest an animal that can't run away I, from you. I said it's ethic. You didn't. But you listen. didn't say why. You just you just said ethical, and I was like, ethical, why? And then I was like, they didn't say the obvious. Like, that dude can't run away. Well. <laughs> you for, can't kill something for, ethically that can't run away from you. <laughs> so for the hunters and the avid outdoorsmen that were listening to the podcast, I felt as if it not necessary oh, hell. to articulate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, ready for deer season, are we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to put your name and address on your arrows? <laughs> no, that's, what was that? That was New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. <laughs> so weird. No. I was like, you know, <laughs> all I could think of was some dude with the figure out who did it. Whose arrows that? I know. I got, oh, I got five arrows in my front door. Oh, it says Bob Popple, 1492 <laughs> Gumhead Street. You know what I mean? Is that the best made up address you could give? <laughs> I mean, what happened to one two three Main Street? I mean, or, I don't know. Or what was it? What was uh, Freddy Krueger's address on Elm Street? <laughs> wow, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Something Elm Street. <laughs> oh my God! So, so working and what else? Oh, I did the three seven basic course, but uh, we you get know, to the good stuff. But uh, I'm hush hush on it. I need you to tell the people what this course, what the, what this basic course is before you do that, because I think it's important that you tell people what three is. Well, three of, the three of seven project, I think it's best explained by the people who do it. All right. Well, give them a rundown. Can you not do that? I can, but. You, you, you're afraid you're butcher it. Because I, I have yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it, I have no ties to it. So, mm-hmm. um, but. I don't want to butcher it. I feel like basically it's what do you call it a movement? Let's call it a movement for a moment. A project a pro- okay. slash ministry, right? Um, yeah, three of seven. Yeah, three so, being heart, soul, no, 
Body, soul, and mind. No. That's a, See? <laughs> chill out. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> so they can go check out the 307 Project I feel podcast. like i got to look it up now because it's real important to understand. I know what it is, but you just chopped it to pieces. I did chop it to pieces. So I'm going to do what I do to Cooney and let you learn what it is, and then it'll mean so much more to you. Wow. I have listened to the podcast. I have read their website. I have literally met one of them. I feel you, like... You, you met both of them. I mean, maybe. It was that, a really was, long time but ago. But that was really young. So, but anyway, this basic... To explain it. I mean, and speed it up. I mean, we don't have all day. <laughs> well, you, you're the one saying explain it. It is a... Uh, Not 307, the basic course. Right, the basic course. I'm going to leave it like this. It is an adventure like no other, period. Mm. Okay, here we go. At 307, we believe that mankind was created in the image and likeness of God. We are human beings consisting of three parts, a body, soul, and spirit, just as God is comprised of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what the three of three and seven represents. The number seven is... The number seven in three of seven represents a total complete life where we lack nothing and have the tools and ability to help others and meet all challenges physically, mentally, and spiritually head on. Directly from their website. There you go. So, this basic course. Yeah. In the woods, three days. Bam. An adventure like no other. Wow. Bam. That's all you're giving us? I haven't wrapped my brain around all of it yet, and I can't go into detail uh, on location or anything like that. No, I don't. I don't think that that's yeah. necessary. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna break it down for y'all because he's not gonna. I mean, it's you when you talk about spiritual awakening, which I believe we did. I don't know one or two or three podcasts ago, and we talk about. You know, fitness and how that has played a part in our recovery. I mean, yeah. you, you literally have these three components, your your body, your spirit, and what was the other one? <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, this is a huge, you know, I don't want to say undertaking, but I mean, when you have that type of, of movement in your life, yeah, you know, it, it, it's it plays a huge part in recovery, and it's something that, you know, people should uh, check out for sure. Oh, absolutely. But, it, you know, it's also something for me, anyhow. I'm not I'm speaking solely for myself. <laughs> three, three. <laughs> wow. Four. How many days have I been back? I don't even know. Three days. Uh, you came back a Sunday. Yeah. It, uh. It's hard to explain. It really is. Like, you don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. Well. I I don't have a clue where to start. You could just go with the physicalities. I feel like that's the word you used for me. A lot of hiking. An adventure. In the woods. Like no other. Up a mountain. An adventure like no other. Period. Wow. I'm sorry, guys. I thought it was going to be more interesting. It's not. It, uh. That's what it is. Yeah. When I get what I got, then I'll give it. Wow. But I, right now, I don't have. I don't have what I got. <laughs> it 
that well, that's, that's not a that's definitely not a first for sure um but wow. all right all right what else uh that's it man been trying to get some rest oh so you 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 gonna want to talk about this what initiated this weekend and and the purpose of this weekend the gift that god gave you but now you want to talk about rest come on now I gave you a, a solid lead-in, and you were like, adventure like no other, period. I don't sound like Hank Hill. <laughs> what? And I got to cut this fan on. I'm just saying. So, listen, I feel like you didn't lead up to the conversation we're about to have. Okay, so. Let me, let me just tell my, let me tell about me. How about that? Uh, you never have any problem doing that, so roll with it. <laughs> so, you know, it's been a little crazy um, for both of us. I'm going to speak for him because he's like, you know, adventure, period. It's weird. It's totally weird. <laughs> um, but, you know, being life on life's terms, right, and uh, being worn out by circumstances, not being you know receptive <laughs> mm-hmm. to the advice that the people that care about us give being miserable being you know and i always use the term spiritually fit but that is a big part of it but it's like a whole it's it's wound up in a whole bunch of things it becomes the point and i think i told you where constantly doing it happen I have to make it happen. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have this. I'm responsible for this. I'm responsible for that. Um, And, you know, the where that comes in that. Right. You know, in addition to, you know, what what did you say to me this morning? Uh, Self-manufactured misery. Right. Absolutely. You know, and uh, and then we have the ability to ask God to help us. And sometimes... He shows up like he Absol- did for you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And then sometimes it bleeds off on me when he shows up for you. And sometimes he leaves you by yourself for you to do something because I got to go use the bathroom. So let's, <laughs> let's see what Jesse can do by herself for the first time ever on the podcast and I'm going to love listening back to this. Let's be clear. I, I could talk nonstop. I will be back shortly. All right. He'll be back, y'all. But in the meantime, you're stuck with me nonstop talking. But anyway, so back to what I was saying. So we, we both have been running 900 miles an hour. Um, you know, for me, I have to say I got to a situation where I felt like I had, you know, been able to handle what was going like you know when you're like oh i'm good i got this and you know i have um you know a few 24 hours and uh the first year of my sobriety i went to meetings um almost every day of the week um you know trying to get through the steps and do the things i needed to do and be a better person and and then you know when i think that i got things under control i'm like Maybe I don't, maybe I shouldn't do this, or maybe I shouldn't get up early and and spend time praying and meditating, and maybe I'll go to two or three meetings, or instead of five, or, you know, maybe I just won't read this, and I'll watch more TV. I mean, like, there's just these little things that run through your mind that kind of distract you from what's important, and then the next thing you know, you're insane, 
and um, you're miserable and you don't know why and then it's you know my sponsor was so kindly enough to remind me that um, uh, I was not turning it over I was in my will trying to do my will and that literally makes me exhausted and you went to the bathroom really, really fast. Hey, I held it as long as I could. How was it being the coast and the co-host at the same time? <laughs> the coast and yeah. the co-host? Yeah. I mean, I got this. You See, got it? I was just, y'all, I just said what happens when Jesse says she's got this. But God's got me, for sure. Absolutely. So, at what point, how far do you let your toughness get you? Before you just break down and say, okay, I have got to rest somehow. And do you ever notice when the Lord is saying, okay, here's some rest right here? Right. Well, there's a couple things for me in that, um, which is a lot like my drinking a lot like my misery in that is that it has to get just bad enough for me not to be able to stand it right you know it's like the chiropractor saying to me man you didn't come until you couldn't move you know because i wouldn't go until i was in excruciating pain it's you know (laughs) it's just amazing how i can just go no i got this no it's fine man this sucks man miserable man i'm short fused and i'm you know i I mean and it's not like the it's not like a um a tragic misery right Right. like when something really bad happens to you it's like a nagging misery you know like a constant dull ache right you know so it's it's enough to tolerate um but after a while, you're like, man, right? you know, you're pushed to the limit. Um, but I have seen that. Let's be clear. I don't I'm no expert on this uh, on this sobriety thing because I have, you know, just a few, few, a few little bit of time. But, um, uh, you know, God constantly reveals things to me. He's constantly changing me. And the crazy part about it is, is I don't see it. Until after the fact. Right. You know, so when, I, or, and occasionally I'll get a small glimpse like, whoa, who's that? You know, but when it's like the meaty stuff, like the big shifts in my personality, I literally won't accept it. Yeah. Until, I mean, like, till the entire shift is over and it's like, holy crap. You know, this would have been a lot easier if I had just not fought so hard. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, my sponsor said to me one time, she's like, you know, you're going to let go or you're going to be dragged. And when I tell you I was dragged for the last three weeks, solid dragged. Right. No, I mean, skint, knees, forehead, elbows. So, so let me ask you this. In the beginning of your sobriety, I mean, you've talked about it on the podcast before. The amount that you was drinking uh, was pretty substantial. And the hours that you was staying up, on average, were pretty late. Right. Right. So when, now let's talk about just physical rest for your body. Did you ever say, because you're not somebody, you've told me you don't do the nap thing. 
Yeah, I'm not a napper. Um, <clears throat> so did you feel, once you quit drinking, that your body was getting some type of rest? Hmm. Um, not for a minute. Um, I don't think I, I considered it. I feel like my hair and my rear was on fire at the same time. And, and <laughs> you know, and I run through waves where it, it, I remember it, and then I run through waves where I don't, and my sponsor's like, whoa, let me just tell you what you were like right. um, when I don't acknowledge the change. Um, but it wasn't a physical for me, it, it wasn't. It didn't manifest physically until later in sobriety. Um, you, you are shaking your legs so hard. Don't be so dramatic where people can't see it. <laughs> I mean, you were shaking the whole room. I are know. you nervous? No, it's a habit. Are you anxious? Uh, uh-uh. uh, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I just, uh, I got. I do have more energy than right? than. Uh, I don't know. I normally do, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so back to the rest at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah, Physi- so... Physical rest. So, you know, I mean, it's... So, so when did you feel that, that your body... Like, for me, when I realized, holy crap, I haven't been hung over every single morning, and I feel good. Sort of rested. Hmm. You know what I mean? Physically. Yeah. Physically. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I obviously had moments where I acknowledged that, but I don't think I acknowledged the physical change. So, a lot of people associate rest itself with piling up on the couch with a big fat cat in your lap and watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer all day. Wow. It, I mean, it, you're not a stereotypical person at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they got a dog. <laughs> and maybe they're watching Grey's Anatomy. You don't know. So, but you see what I'm saying? There, there's, there's different types of rest. Being at ease in your mind with some show enough full-on surrender, even if it's just for a day, with just that. Well, I mean, in recovery, one of the biggest focuses that I have had is listening to people talk about serenity. Okay, and you know we say the serenity prayer every day, and then sometimes when I'm super super anxious, I'll repeat it over and over again. And you know, and part of that is you know when it says, God, you know, help me with the things that I can't, I can't have any control over. Then I always say to myself, you know, that's people, places, things, and situations, you know, and give me the strength to change the things that I do have control over, and that's me, myself, and I. You know, um, and I say that to myself every time I say the prayer, and because I, I said, you know, you know that God has promised us are coming true in their lives, and they have serenity and being in a place where I had no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. That's not just physical rest. That's not just mental rest. That is being at peace and ease with how life is. Right. You know, and. I think that both are required. Um, I think that mental peace can help your body be at ease. Right. Um, but I don't necessarily think that physical rest can make your mind at ease. 
Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, like, just laying down or laying on the right. couch. I mean, that's not, right. you're not getting, your your mind and your spirit is not being rested. So, so in the morning after Jesse does her, her Bible study in the Word and she just does some loggling, does she feel rested? Oh, and you was trying to, you was trying to talk about somebody's standard. You know what I'm that, that, do, 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 are you hearing the standard you're talking about? Come do, on now. Do do you feel rested? Absolutely. Do, so And if I don't do it You feel tired or But I don't but but the crazy part is is you know the the enemy has a force and he'll block that, right? right. He'll block that, like, oh, I got up late, or I don't have enough time, or I just can't get right. um out on a lot faster. In my in my experience, right? right? Like, and when I say exhausted, it's not just about physical exhaustion. It's like, okay, by ten thirty, I have cussed somebody out, <laughs> right, for being a moron, right? You know, that's the exhaust. I mean, that's the that's the cue, the short fuse. The, the impatience um, that I'm talking about when I say uh, I'm exhausted. Not being able to tolerate anything um, or life as it comes at me. Circumstances. Right. So, do you feel that a lot of times you don't know how to rest? You don't know how to get... You're in so much turmoil in your head, right? Um, from... Whatever examples you want to come up with, it really doesn't matter. Everything's piling up on you, so to speak. And you you go to God and you sincerely ask him for some relief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you have, you know, here's the problem that I have is I know what to do. <laughs> it's doing it. I know how to get the relief. But I also have character defects that I'm not willing to let go of, right? So I, you know, I work through the steps and I breeze through, you know, six and seven, which are a huge part of my life now that I've gone through the steps completely. But acknowledging that I have those character defects and then humbly asking God to remove them. Well, I got a whole laundry list. And part of that laundry list includes working Making it happen, right? The the arrogant drive that I have that says I can do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So, just because I know the steps on how to get relief, I know I got to read this, and I know I got to you know. What then happens is okay. I've got to read this. I've got to write this. I've got to journal for an hour. I've got to sit here for thirty minutes. I've got to, you know. Then it's then it's something I have to do. Right. Um. And it loses its sincerity, but not on purpose. It becomes a lack of surrender. Right. Right? It becomes something that, you know, I'm like, okay, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? And then it becomes disbelief. And then I have to realize that I'm spinning it out of control in my mind. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I prayed this many times. This is what I did for years in, in active addiction, wondering why I couldn't have a connection. Right. You know, having willingness to say, okay, I got nothing. Well, let me ask you this, and not to get off the subject of rest, and maybe it ties back in it. You was talking about humbly asking God 
to remove something, character defects, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What if you don't? Well. Then you embrace them. Remember what we was well, talking about this morning? Of course. So it's the character defects are only defects because we have distorted them. Right. And they're, you know, and my belief is, you know, when, when we ask God to remove our defects, like the seven-step prayer asks us, you know, we ask God to remove anything that m- prevents us from being useful mm-hmm. for, for His purpose. You know, that doesn't mean, I mean, there, there are going to be parts of my personality that never get removed, that I have to, A, stop um, manipulating and distorting them and, as you say, embrace them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask him to remove the things that aren't purposeful for him, for his will and not mine. Remember the conversation we have a of an embracement this morning, and we didn't even use the word embracement. When Paul was in prison. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> and he was in prison, and he was like, oh, man, so I got a, I got a different guard every so often to, <laughs> yeah. to talk the gospel to. Yeah, it's like he You he want had- to talk about embracement. Word, you know, being able to praise – when I read that and I was like, being able to praise God in all of our circumstances for who He is, not for what, right? And it's like, you know, we're like, oh, how can you, how can you praise God when all this bad stuff is happening? Well, I'm not praising because of what is happening. I'm praising for who He is, mm-hmm. you know, and – and reading about Paul and being in prison and like just literally praising before the provision happens. You know, he his the the for those of you who know or don't know, he's trying to get to Rome, he wants to get to Rome, he's gonna preach the good news and and then he gets there and he gets arrested and thrown into prison after he gets beaten up severely. Um and you know, he's he could have easily been like, Man, I'm not gonna get to you know, this sucks. Can't believe this happened. I'm not gonna get to praise the good news. Well they chained him to a guard, you know, to watch him and and he's like, Man, I literally get to share the good news with a different guard every time it changes. Right. And uh, and it was just a perspective shift. Like, how do you reframe it? And and what are you praising for? And what are you trying to share? And it's like, oh, no, things don't go the way we want them to go. Right. But nothing goes unused. Um, and I forget that every single time. I'm like, you know, I'm always like, okay, God. This is what I want. This is, you know, this is the, you know, we don't, we, it, we do it without saying we do it, right? Like, this is the decisions we're making, and we can foresee how we think it's going to go. Right. In our mind. Whether we've shared it with anybody, you know, oh, I'm going to make this decision, and A, B, or C is going to happen. And then God shows up, and like, Z happens. Right. <laughs> Every single time. But every single time, I'm completely shocked because I'm all like, whoa. Like, I don't know that Z's going to happen. Right. You know, or M or L or K or P or whatever, but it's usually never A, B, or C. Well, so, so you know, it goes back to that self-manufactured misery. Mm-hmm. It's self-manufactured, I'm tired be- because you hadn't, or we or whoever, you know, I'm, I'm speaking 
you bow screech that headphone. <laughs> you have Sorry, got, guys, my ear was itching. <laughs> uh, so we we manufacture in our minds because we're not spiritually fit, not praising God, that this is going to happen, this is going to happen, mm-hmm. that, and then when it don't, oh man, you know. Hey, have you ever been re- working really hard on something and it really doesn't matter what it is or even the time frame and it don't happen and you instantly feel behind or like you got to start over? Right. And then all of a sudden you're tarred. You're like, oh my gosh, man, this can just wait till tomorrow. I'm so aggravated. I want to go home, get some rest or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And that can that can build up throughout the day throughout the weeks, throughout the months. And really and truthfully, you ain't tarred. No, you're just not turning it over. Right. You that that true surrender. You know what I mean? You ain't tarred at all. Well, and I think that we can run in tired for a long time. Are you uh, did you enunciate that because I was saying my redneck speech tarred. You oh, said did tired. I, did I over enunciate? I'm are sorry. you razzing on me? No, I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't even notice that you'd said that. Um, um, I was trying to Google something that I wanted to share. So, so um, I, I think a lot of times we emotionally put ourselves in a situation to think that we're tarred when we're actually not. Probably more times than none. You know what I mean? Mm, I'm going to need you to elaborate. Meaning? Meaning what I just got through talking about. So you're all you're all emotional. You're upset something didn't go your way. You feel behind. Uh, like you got to play catch up. Or maybe something else has been added to your plate. The frustration just keeps building and building and building. And but I think of- that's legitimately tired. I I think maybe it only is because you're not praising God. You're not looking at every situation uh, as serving the kingdom. Oh, of course not. You, so do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> but but that doesn't ma- that got, doesn't make it less tiring. I can about guarantee you, if I went to prison right now, I would feel tired. <laughs> you would probably be tired too. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. No, not really. Wow. I think that Google mushed mushed your brain up. (laughs) No, I think that lots of – for me, there's different types of tired. There's different types of exhaustion. Um, And I think they all – I mean, they all have the same characters. Um, They just display themselves in a different way. I think a lot of it's manufactured. I really do. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. we run ourselves into the ground. But it, it but it's manufactured all because of ourselves. The the cir- we don't like the circumstances that we caused or we put ourselves in or that we we foresee possibly coming. You yeah. know what I mean? That's all we say. We don't accept life on life's terms, which made me look this up, which is so, why. I, so hold on. Do you understand now what I'm saying? I, I I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily think that we're on the same page, but I don't think we have to be. Oh, no. We don't have to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. 
Um, but I wanted to look up, you know, because it's one of the one of the one time as a reminder. But um, in the big book, it says, "An acceptance is the power to all my problems today. When I'm disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some face of my life, some fact of my life unacceptable to me." And I can find no serenity until I accept the person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I can accept my alcohol, until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. I literally say this to myself about what else needs to be changed. It's it's about me accepting my circumstances. God has a plan. He formed me in the womb. He knew me before then. Jeremiah 1.5, which is what I read, which is what we led into this conversation this morning. Right. You know, he knew me before I was even formed in the womb. Like, my life was already planned out. Um and nothing goes unused despite some of the idiotic things I continue to do. <laughs> right, right. You know? Um, and that part truly amazes me where I can find rest and ease and serenity, which I which is much easier to understand. And I can remember when I was getting sober and and, and you know, everyone would say to me in the rooms, When you when you get serenity, you'll know. And then when it's gone, you'll know. And I was like, that didn't make any sense to me until I experienced a little serenity, some peace, some rest for, for my body, soul, spirit. I don't know. God, I'm sorry, Chad. I'm just messing that whole thing way up. Because <laughs> you're mentally tired. Um, I'm really not. I'm just dyspastic. And I'm, but, just, I'm just sitting here letting you stumble all over yourself. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying it. Shut up. But but that's what I'm saying. And it just dawned on me, right? Like, when I'm accepting, I'm not accepting life on life's terms. Just like I didn't, I couldn't accept having a drinking problem until I accepted it. Like, you know, look at me and be like, I mean, I could remember having lunch with a friend and he, he's like, man, you know, whatever was happening and complaining and this and that. And he's like, dude, why don't you just take two weeks off and don't drink and, you know, let your body detox or whatever. Right. And I remember laughing at him. Like, that's hilarious. Like, who goes two weeks without drinking? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, until you, until it happens to you and you experience it, you don't know. And when I get out, so now it's like, I think you and I were talking about it. I'm like, man, it was so much worse. Because, We've actually experienced serenity. In recovery, we have had the opportunity for whatever, you know, however amount of time or whatever, right? But we come to a point where we do experience serenity. And then when, when it's lost or when we're not acknowledging or when we're not accepting and, and we have no peace, it is way worse than it was before we knew what it was. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, but it comes down to saying it's whenever I'm bothered, I always have to go, especially with someone. It's usually not them. It's usually me. Right. Right. Like if someone is bothering me, 
or they're pissing me off or hey, that is not so let let what resting means for each other remember in the book we're reading which you've done finished re- did. reading it it's amazing um walking with god right remember in the in the beginning he's sitting on the porch and it's raining right he had plans to be to do x y all, and z all kinds of stuff right yeah. and he was thinking of other stuff as well and it's raining and then he come to the realization that the lord was giving him a chance to actually physically rest right and spend time with him right and to spend time with him because he's in the woods i mean it's not like he you know in a not, cabin right that's yeah. what i meant i mean he's right. in a he's in a cabin it's not like he's in a setting giving him an opportunity right. to spend time with god so do you ever do you ever say oh maybe i should rest right now no have you ever thought about other than since you've read the book being whoa maybe i should have rest right right then only only one other time that i can recall and i went on a woman's retreat um years ago i don't don't know i mean i don't even know if mason maybe mason was little mason was a baby and i spent uh two nights in a in a lodge with a bunch of women and we had some workshops and one of the workshops was a journaling workshop and it was about rest and and focused a lot. I was exhausted and whatever my circumstances were at that time I don't recall what they were but right that's been the only other time I had slowed down enough to f- to focus on it so do, do you have a different perspective looking at it though do you back up and say hmm Maybe this is for rest. No, not 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 per se. Right. I have. I am more opted to slow down and not be as worn out if I am filled up. If I have serenity. If I have a good connection with with my higher power. I am. I'm more opted to enjoy what i have which mm-hmm. i think becomes a problem too right like we go 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 and we don't appreciate what's right in front of us right you know and being sober has definitely helped with that you know when you know being able to you know look at the trees or look at the sky or you know notice things that you didn't notice you know when you go on hikes or whatever um you know little things but i think that uh that helps me be more restful, but not necessarily just like stopping, shutting so, down. So, what about when you when you are? It's something that you do do for rest for mental when you're mentally tired when you're mentally fatigued. Um, I don't do shopping. I don't ever like to do shopping, so I only do shopping because I have to do shopping. Um, and it is never restful. I totally want to say something right now, but you will be you will say you're a male chauvinistic pig. So Word, I'm, I'm not going to say. Now I do I do a lot of Amazon shopping, but um, isn't that the same thing? None of that. Lord, no. Is buying something on Amazon the same as going to Academy for an hour and being stressed out? Point. Right. Point taken. So, um, but exercise, yeah. I mean, if I, you know, it it's helpful to get out and move my body. Um, 
and just cup of coffee. I mean, is this an interview? Well, I feel like I'm interviewing <laughs> you. Oh, you're, for you're, sure, man. Coffee, like in the morning, I got a thing. I like to make my coffee when I get up. Do not talk to me or have any major things happen before I have coffee ever. Right. Um, I get up around 5.15 most mornings. Um, I don't do anything until I have coffee other than go to the bathroom, right? Um, and then I get my coffee, and then I sit down, and then I... You know, there could be a range of things that I do, but that is definitely restful. So when you're physically tired, what do you do? Lay down. Go to sleep or just lay there and Netflix it? Depends, you know, Um, because you can be physically tired and not mentally tired. So if it's just my body that's hurting or aching, um, then, yeah, I may just lay down and uh, watch TV or read. Right. but if I am like exhausted in my brain, which is where I was, right? I wasn't. It wasn't a physical exhaustion for me for the last few weeks. It was a mental exhaustion from the, you know, the mental gymnastics I do to try to make things work the way I want them to. So, so what I'm getting at is, I get well, like you're not sharing about you, and you're asking a whole bunch of questions about me. Well, you're not leading me into anything. I don't need to lead you. You are the host. So what I'm getting at is before. Period. That's what happens when I try to lead you. Amazing adventure. Period. <laughs> so before. Oh, they sirens. When we, they're probably coming to get you. With a, I got the straight jacket in the living room. <laughs> uh, so before, when we was tarred mentally or physically. Or when the opportunity arose to rest, just like all the three things that I just interviewed you about. Oh, God. It was alcohol. Oh, I'm so stressed out. I need a drink. Word. Or, man, I worked on the crusher today, and, man, it wore me out, and I'm just whooped. I need some beer. Or, yeah, I'm working. I'm about to head. Oh, you got a 12-pack of beer? I will not head home. I will stand here on your tailgate with you and rest and drink this beer. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So that that's why I was asking those questions. I was trying to see what you have replaced. Well, there's a difference, too. So the drinking turned off the mental gymnastics. Right didn't solve any problems oh absolutely not. didn't yeah. fix anything yeah didn't make anything I'm, better i'm not saying you no did no, no i didn't yeah. think you did but right. that's what i'm saying yeah so it was really just in you know delaying the inevitable right but you would even do it when you was physically whooped like let's but. be clear i would do it sick just had surgery but it like but, it don't matter but but you know what? But you get what I'm saying. How, how, I mean, it's stereotypical to say after a long hard day, I'm going to get a stiff drink or yeah. this and that and that and that. That is stereotypically associated with rest. So what do you do when you're now exhausted? Uh, now I go to sleep. Uh, if I'm physically exhausted, well, I say. I don't never. I mean, I pretty much got the same bedtime 
Yeah, you're not you're not getting any extra sleep. Right. If anything, I'm getting less sleep now <laughs> that I'm not. Well, no. Anyhow, yeah, nothing nothing particular. I mean, so I look at hobbies. What hobbies do I do to rest or get? I would say hunting for sure. Which is again for mental rest because mental, it's not for physical. That's rest. That's what I was about to say. Hunting for sure for for mental rest for physical rest. And in all actuality, I think a lot of the physical rest I thought I needed was because I was a fat, lazy hog. And I really didn't need it. I feel like we have had many conversations about you talking about yourself like that. But I'm being serious. So so your self-perception of who of what you are. I mean, that I mean, we we're envisioning imagining ourselves as successful as being no. successful. <laughs> I said I I was not that I am that I was. I really wasn't that tarred. It was like I said a quarter of the way into the podcast. It was all fabricated. Well, I don't I don't so, necessarily agree with that. You're pouring massive amounts of alcohol in your body with a high sugar content, which you still have a high sugar content, which is scientifically My sugar content ain't that high. I mean, you have a pack of cookies every day for breakfast. Stop coming to me with your sugar content is not high. Yeah, but they're small cookies. <laughs> but they're st- Go out to your truck where there's 17 wrappers from the cookies you've had for the last two weeks and get the label off the back and let's see how now, many grams of sugar is in the cookies. Now you're saying I'm a fat, lazy hog. No, I'm saying... I, I said your sugar intake is high. I didn't say anything it, about it being wrong, anything about... It's, it's I just said high. it's high. And sugar is what makes us lethargic. Yeah, but I don't know... It was it was fabricated in my head. Wow, you that, are being absolutely ridiculous. No. I wish Cooney was in here so I could say Cooney. He was so ridiculous. He was saying you were so ridiculous on y'all's podcast. He's over here saying ridiculous nonsense like his sugar intake and that he fabricated how tired he was from all the drinking. No, I'm I'm, I'm speaking of. I do a lot since I've stopped drinking. And especially since July 1st, I am a lot more physically active. I still do the same job. My job hasn't slowed down any, if anything, especially the mechanic inside of it, has ramped up probably tenfold, right? And now I'm doing some workouts on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near. Seriously. So that's what I'm saying. It was all fabricated. It become a thing. I'm so whooped. So oh, I well, could drink. Yeah, well, sure. Right. But that also has a whole aspect of mental I, yeah, I agree. manipulation I agree. in it. Right? But, but, but there was some I felt whooped. Oh to yeah. Then. Oh, you see what I'm we, saying? For real. We totally Yeah. We totally told ourselves that we felt that way. So do you, And sometimes we did. Yeah. Until we drank again. So that's why I said then I was being a fat lazy hog. Like I wanted to sit and drink, I wanted to stand and drink or mm-hmm. or whatever. As long as I was drinking, I was 
medicating my tiredness. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, I don't feel near as tired. Now I feel like I could push myself to where I actually could not move. Yeah, which is a whole nother problem, right? I feel like I could push myself to where I could... <laughs> To where I actually don't overlook what I said. <laughs> couldn't move <laughs> because God doesn't want us to do that either. But but you see what I'm saying. But that's a but that's a good point. Is what I'm right. saying. You know, we get to a point in sobriety where we feel good, like we've never felt before, and we can do anything we want to do. Right. Well, that doesn't mean we have to do anything we want to do. Right? So if I, and I always have to say to myself, okay, <laughs> one day at a time, Jesse, do you want to do all of these things? How about we just, you know, pick one or two of these things? Um, because we can't, and I say we, I'm meaning we in general as people, but for me, it's I can overwhelm myself with the things that I think I can do. And then get into a place where I don't do anything. Right. And I did that for a really long time before um, before I had a problem with alcohol. Yeah. You know, is having the ability to slow down. It goes back to, to surrendering and having serenity. When you stop worrying about things that you don't need to worry about. Which mm-hmm. is really easy to say out loud right. and really hard to do. Well, so you've been working out too. Mm-hmm. You only take a break. You only take a break, really, when you get so busy at work or with the family that it just isn't feasible. Yeah, I can't fit it in. Like today, right. I didn't fit right. in. I couldn't get a walk and, in today because I one was time, one time up. your foot was hurt, which makes perfect sense to right. rest your body because it is hurt, right. right? And if you just can't squeeze it in. Then you just can't squeeze it in. Yeah, and sometimes it rains. Like, it has rained nonstop, and I'm but, not trying but to that. But that. T- that, too, could be a problem, too, because you could get – I'm speaking for people in general. <laughs> you could get to – You could to, get crutchy when it rains. Yeah. It's you, ridiculous, okay? You, you don't have to work out every day of the week. You could get to where you, you are deprioritizing your workout. I, I cannot up. stand to hear somebody say – now, don't get me wrong – I'm not a workout fiend and just have to just freaking do it all the time, but I'm I've got to where I enjoy it. Right. And, and you I'll, pass judgment on people who don't do it as much as you do it and when you do it and how you do it and if it rains like you do it. Is that what's that what's that's exactly what happens. But let me you, let me pass a little judgment on you that you don't work out as hard as you should. So you could demoralize your own standard and say <laughs> say whoa. The wind's blowing 20 mile an hour in the direction I'm supposed to walk, and I don't want to get my face wind burnt. So Ain't gonna... nobody said that. <laughs> so. Ain't nobody said that. What I said was, you don't have to walk if it's raining outside. I mean, don't be ridiculous. Just because you walk in the pouring rain and decide to take your shirt off and get wet and act like a crazy person in the driveway doesn't mean that anyone who doesn't do that... <laughs> Is demoralizing their standard. Deprioritizing their workout. <laughs> like I used to be the one of those people that I would always say, I do I just don't have time to work out. 
No, I was a fat, lazy hog. Wow. I did. I Stop it. I, I didn't. Pro- You're going to make time for whatever you set your priorities for. What time What time do you get up and have your time with God every day? Usually about 6.15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And what is, I, your, what is it that you want to do? When is it that you want to get up? I definitely want to get up earlier. Earlier. Okay. And why uh, don't you? Because I'm being a fat, lazy hog. <laughs> You're deprioritizing your not exercise, your God time. I mean, come on. Sometimes people just don't feel it. Well, I mean, you got to. You got to. You, you're not going to want to hear this, no. but you got to have that standard. You just got to, and that's something I definitely need to work on. Right. So you can't pass 100%. judgment on people who don't but, have that. standard. But you have to give me some props. It is a lot of times throughout the entire day talking about the word. What is me? Oh, you trying to? You want some kudos for talking about no. Jesus? <laughs> Did you just come at me with that? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm talking about you. You are you was you're razzing on me for not having no strong morning time, but I think I do fairly good throughout the entire day. I, I could didn't definitely... say you were a blaspheming heathen. <laughs> I just said. I just said you have a, a standard in your mind that you're not m- meeting. Wow. You I have that standard. We have got to start recording these and putting these on YouTube. <laughs> if you would have seen how scrunched up your forehead was <laughs> as you were saying that, and your hands. I would, talk with my hands, okay? This just is what it is. But, yes, let's be clear. I have always admired your relationship with God. And I, at some at some points in time in our friendship, have envied it, right? Because I didn't understand it. So it's not that I think in any way, shape, or form that y- your connection isn't valid. I know, I know you. It, you know, it, it's just what I, when we talk about, and I used it as an example, a comparison to workout. You know, we can't compare. And this is my friend Jen. You know, comparison is the stealer of joy. <laughs> you know that we we. We make time to work out, and we make time to do this, and we say we don't we, do, we don't have time to work out. Well, we say we don't have time to read our Bible, or we say we don't have time to pray, or we say that we don't have time to go to a meeting. I don't have time to go to a meeting. I don't have time to work on my recovery. I mean, yes, we do. They're all the same, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all the same. Right. As long as we can stay on our side of the street and right. not, you know. Give somebody a bunch of crap when they don't walk in the pouring rain. Or give somebody a bunch of crap when they don't get up at 5.15 and have morning time with God. That's what I was trying to say. I feel like you're a little butt hurt because (laughs) somebody once told you it's just rain. Get a rain rain jacket. Let's be clear. Check out my Strava. I rocked that giant umbrella like a crazy person, all because you gave me so much crap about not walking in the rain. Now, I did not walk as long as I normally do, but I did put in some work, and I did get my heart rate up. So, just saying. Good job. I'm really glad we're not recording this. <laughs> like, like, visually, because, dude... Um, so yeah, 
So that is, that is my perspective on rest. Is that I feel, I feel that. Uh, Was that your way of trying to wrap it up? No, no. But what I'm saying is, is the physical rest. Um, you know, I think I I had that misconstrued for many many years. Mm. That I. That maybe I was tired, but it was because of my alcoholism. It was the amount of alcohol I was drinking, the the hours I was staying up all night. It wasn't because that's how life was. You know what I mean? Or how life was supposed to be. I don't think I ever, like I said earlier, acknowledged physical or the lack of of physical rest. Um, I think for me it has always been an emotional mental struggle for me because i never i don't have a physically intensive job i haven't since i was very young so i'm not i did not exercise ever right um since i was very young so i hadn't i mean there isn't there was no standard in my life for for physical exhaustion with the exception of you know the odd end things right like something tragic happens and you're you're up for two days right Right. or you know those types of things or you you had to put in extra time at work and you worked you know four or five day 12 hour 12 hour shifts i mean those kinds of things when you physically experience exhaustion but it wasn't anything on a regular basis right um mine has definitely been like my body doesn't want to move because my mind is broken Right. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just going to stay in the bed and watch Netflix because I'm tired. Hmm. But not because I'm physically, I mean, I'm only physically tired in my mind because I'm mentally tired. Right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I just totally circled around to what you said. You did. <laughs> Fabricated yeah. is the word choice you use. That's right. I just talked myself into what you said. Yeah. So you n- suck. So now do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> and that happens a lot with us. And I'm all like, oh, light bulb. I should have one of those little blinky things over the top of my head. Yeah, you yeah. should. Shut up. So that was rest. I mean, some of it, some crazy, some yeah. crazy nonsense about rest from us too. Do, uh, okay. Do you have anything else to add about rest? Mm, no. I mean, I probably do, but, you know. Hey, we do this every week. Right. We'll circle back around. <laughs> yeah. We do this every week. You bought some coffee. I did. And it's a winner, winner chicken dinner. Would you like to say the name of oh, the coffee? I didn't bring it in here. Oh, I took a picture of it. I don't want to mess it up because it's that important. But we have... um we have a follower on our Instagram, um, Grid Iron Coffee Company, to mm-hmm. be exact. And um, I don't can, know. Can I give my review first? Of course. I was just going to explain. I mean, okay, go ahead. Why are you trying to? What? Go ahead. Chill, homie. <laughs> I was like, you know, um, because I am a lover of coffee. You are. All things coffee, for sure. I like coffee. Um, yeah, right. And, we haven't and, done a coffee review in a while. I know. We were going to do something, and then we did something, and then I tried to do something, and like I couldn't get inspired. And, and you were supposed to. And like, 
I just couldn't get inspired with it. And then, I don't know, I got inspired by this guy. Um, for whatever reason, I don't recall what it was, but something was like, man, I really want to try that coffee. And and so I bought some, and it showed up today. I uh, think his name's Brad Lord. I don't know. He wrote us a note. Did you read the note? Yeah, I did. I know. It was so nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So tell the people what you think of – oh, wait. It's got a it's got a cool oh I didn't take a picture of the back. Oh, what's the name of the coffee? Do you remember the name of the coffee? I think it said medium dark roast. No, I meant like the actual name. No. Mm-mm. All right, so let's let's hear your let's hear your um I just saw it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dead, dead air in the podcast room. <laughs> Well, tell us what you think about it. Um, so, the year was 2000, 2011. Yeah. 2011. Mm. 2011. And I bet it was 20 degrees outside. 20 degrees. And... We was trying out a picking station at work. And what a picking station is is a big long belt that you that you put material on and it goes up the belt and people pick stuff off various materials and throw it in the dumpsters. It's for recycling. You okay. Know. Where are you going Try, with this? I, <laughs> let me give my review. Right? Uninterrupted review. Well you so. did, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> so um, these guys that was demoing this this uh, picking station, they were from England or somewhere Ireland. Ireland, yeah. England? You mean England? <laughs> yeah. England. Not not England with an A, but England with an E. England, and uh, they come out there and they say, "Would you like some coffee?" <laughs> Stop it! Don't ever do that again. <laughs> to all our British listeners, I'm really sorry. I said, yeah, I want some coffee. And these jokers had this big old jug. I mean, it was in a cardboard thing, and they set it down. And I said, what kind of coffee is that? They said, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and I got me a cup of coffee, and I drank that cup of coffee. And somebody may laugh, somebody that's like a real coffee connoisseur, mm-hmm. and say, wow, you're whacked out, Jack. You know what I mean? But that was literally the best cup of coffee that I had ever drank and had never experienced that cup of coffee again since 2011. Right. Absolutely, 100%. Did you drink all of it? I did. Oh, I was going to try yours because you don't put any cream in it. I drank. There's more in there. You can try some. No, I I bought it all up. I mean, I made. Absolutely. Period. Best coffee you ever had. Best coffee I've ever had. So the coffee is specifically called Game Day Roast for us uh, football folks. Um, And I believe it said hints of chocolate, berries, and what's that word? We didn't know what it was. We don't know. It's got something else in it. Yeah, I can't. What I can't remember what it said. But it is, um, it's legit. So I have to give mad shout out to 
Grid Iron Coffee Company in Bradford sending it to us because we love it. So thank you. I think a I think a um, a coffee a coffee getting a rating of the best cup of coffee you've ever had is probably harder than getting like a nine point one. <laughs> when I say harder, I Joseph's I'm, best coffee ever. <laughs> because you see what I'm saying. I th- I think the 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 margin right there is uh, I would rather have a nine point one than the best coffee I've ever had. Yeah, because how do you like duplicate that? Right. Exactly. Well, you just gave the guy a complex way to go. No. Hey, the best <laughs> the best cup of coffee I've ever had. Honestly. Nice. Period. Yeah, we loved it. So Period. That's our that's our coffee review. Mine, my, oh, you want, you want me to give, I mean, you didn't give it a number. Why, I mean, I don't know. I, I give it a 10. I oh. give it a 10.1. You can't, you can't give it a 10.1. Why not? Because the scale is from 1 to 10. But I could give a coffee a 10 and it still not be the best cup of coffee I've ever had, right? I don't think so. You don't think so? That's what I'm saying. I would rather have a 9.9 than the best cup I've ever had because I would be like, ooh, this, this, well, yeah. I mean, nine years from now, I might get the same story. I mean, are you trying to tell me you want me to leave this coffee here so you can drink it? Oh, you've left every, all the other ones? <laughs> That's not you true. Are, the last one's at my house. The one I brought? Mm, I don't remember. No, the, I the took Guatemalan? it from you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I brought that to your house. Yeah, so you, you want to swap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to keep the gridiron coffee. <laughs> awesome. No, um, yeah, I mean, I have to give it a solid nine for sure. I can't say best I've ever had because I don't, I don't know if it's the best I have ever had because I don't really remember. But it is really, really good. Yeah. So. And I don't, and I had to use the cream that you guys had here, not the cream that I normally had. So I feel like if I'd have been in my own setting with my own breakfast mix, right, it probably would have gotten a ten. Well, I've said it before, and I'll say it every time. I feel like any coffee you drink should have point whatever handicap added to it Shut because up. you put junk in it. These folks is tired of hearing from us today, and we definitely not gonna get any rest after drinking that coffee. <laughs> I love. I'm gonna get me another cup. Good. I, I don't know why you're messing around. I didn't make enough. You have to make some more. Okay. I made six cups, and you drank three, and I drank three. There you go. So, all right then. We'll holler at y'all. Bye, y'all.